Hi guys, welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. Great feedback, the podcast going from strength to strength, more downloads from all around the globe, but particularly here in Australia where we're based. Thank you. This edition of the My Love of Golf podcast is another one of our interview series, and it was a great opportunity for me to catch up with Rowan Adams from the great golf organization now known as Future Golf. Now I get it, we're all golfers and we all do golf our own way. Some of us are regular social golfers and we just head out for a hit when it suits. Some of us are invested in club golf of various ways, shapes and forms, big clubs, small clubs, country clubs, city clubs, wherever. It doesn't matter as long as we're all doing golf. But Future Golf realize that one thing's in common with us all. We like to play golf together and share the experience of golf. And this is where Future Golf come in. Future Golf have created an organization, let's call it a golf club, that you can join. And if you want to play a variety of courses with a variety of people who are all members of the same group, with handicaps, with prizes, and with great social interaction, well, Future Golf just might have a membership for you. Not locked into a club, but offering you something and a way and a pathway to play golf regularly in a competitive environment with like-minded people who just love golf. Girls and guys, just out there, week in, week out, you choose when you play, doing golf together. The story of future golf is a great one, and it's a story that started with one man's vision and has now grown into a national organized series of golf events. And they have some great partnerships. And one of those partnerships is with the brand TaylorMade. You've heard of TaylorMade. Tiger, Rory, Jason Day. They're all using it. You know that. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But the partnership with TaylorMade has allowed Future Golf to offer a great opportunity for my love of golf listeners to join the competition, to win a TaylorMade Tour Spider X putter. Yeah, the same one that Jason, Rory, Dustin, or John Rahm are all using. So the details on how to win the TaylorMade Spider X Tour putter are in the show notes. You'll need to follow us on social media and the usual stuff that you've probably engaged with before, but it's just another way that Future Golf are leveraging their partnerships with the golf industry to bring value to people who are passionate about golf. And definitely the My Love of Golf podcast and the My Love of Golf podcast listeners are proving to be passionate people who love golf, who love listening to golf, who love talking golf and sharing golf stories. And that's to the heart of Future Golf. So catching up with Rowan was a great it was a great day. He's a great guy, one of the most passionate people I've met about the town involved in the golf industry and certainly very much at the start of the journey. Future Golf have big things in, in, in plan and it's something that you will certainly be aware of if you're not already a member of the Future Golf uh, team. So all of the details will be in the podcast. It's a great story. We had a great game of golf and uh, yeah, it was a real enjoyment hanging out with someone who is so passionate about growing the game so we're all trying to do our bit you guys thanks for listening whatever way you do golf keep doing it enjoy the podcast leave us some feedback share this this is a good one to share if i can ask you to do one thing screenshot the images that you'll find on our socials and share it because future golf is about growing the game and keeping us cracking on at a million miles an hour Appreciate your time and feedback. Enjoy the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you very much, guys. 
Ryan Adams, welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for joining me here, Ryan. No, it's Ross. Great to uh, great to be here, and it's uh, it's exciting. First podcast I've uh, I've been on, uh, and I'm an avid fan, so it's great to great to finally be on one and have a bit of a chat about golf, which is obviously an easy subject to to chat about. Very easy subject for me to talk about, and uh, you know, don't let the fod- the first podcast nerves uh, take over because this is my about tenth or so. So, <laughs> mates, it's uh, we're both new at this. Don't worry. But um, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me. Not a bad environment that we're doing the, the, uh, your first ever podcast in. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I was here at Peninsula Kingswood about a year ago uh, when they were doing all the work and I saw the, the construction happening on the clubhouse here and I'd played a few of the holes and was so impressed with it and now just walking in the, the place looks magnificent and uh, definitely a great facility looking out the window here to be having a chat. Well, it's a pleasure and a privilege for me to be able to bring you down here to experience the course and we'll go out and tackle the north course in a moment. But I guess the main reason why we're chatting is your role is the general manager of Future Golf. So I was very keen to find out more about Future Golf, uh, the direction of Future Golf and I guess, you know, the, the whole journey of Future Golf basically. And, you know, no one better to talk to about that is you. So I guess, you know, let's talk about you for a minute. You know, you're, you've got this role as general manager of, you know, I think Australia's biggest social network of, of golfers, and we can talk about that in a sec, but how did you become director of, uh, uh, general manager of Future Golf? Uh, so I've always loved golf. Started playing as an eight-year-old in country Victoria, up in Eildon actually, at Eildon mm-hmm. Golf Club. Dad got me... And my brother cut down sets of golf like golf clubs, like those normal stories. And we started playing after the men, after the competition field on a Saturday afternoon, just loving and going out and having a hit with my younger brother, um, which is actually funny because Eildon Golf Club's a little hilly golf course that's now probably near one of the most exclusive in Australia, uh, Cathedral Lodge. It's only about 10 minutes apart. So down in that region of, uh, of Victoria. Um, and then growing up, played a lot of golf, was always interested in it. Um, sort of drifted away from the game as you can do. Uh, lived in the UK for a few years, got really busy with work and stopped playing. Uh, and by the time I got to my early 30s, I realized I didn't really have that many people to play with and I wanted to connect with more people. Mm-hmm. And golf's always been a great way to meet new friends. Um, early 30s, a lot of my friends were having kids, uh, different jobs had moved away. I just wanted a way to, to meet some new friends and, and use golf to do that. Um, and that's where in the old days, the Gen Y golf part came along. So let's go back for a second. So yep. played as a kid up in Eildon. Yep. Obviously high school, uh, you know, and then before the UK part, well, yep. where did golf start and stop then? You know, was there a pause in your golf sort of journey? Yeah, there? so I moved to Melbourne when I was in grade six, yep. when I was 12. Uh, lived in Roville out in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Yep. Uh, and we're so lucky given that I've now sort of done a bit of travel and found out a lot more about golf. We're so lucky in this city with the variety of golf courses we have to play. So in high school, like a lot of people that were into golf at that age, school holidays were probably eight games of golf uh, just on the local courses in that eastern suburbs of Melbourne. And anybody who's who lives out that way will know, you know, Tehachuan Lakes, mm-hmm. uh, Glen Waverley, Morak, yep. uh, all of those types of courses because they were cheap, accessible, and for what you were paying, they were great facilities and, and kids could get on there and just whack a ball around. And 
we'd get a bit competitive, but most of the time it was just a bit of fun uh, learning the game. Yeah. Uh, university, I still played a bit, still had some friends to play with. Um, sort of late teens, early 20s, played a lot of cricket, um, mm-hmm. was playing sort of district lower levels there. So got very busy with that. So golf took a back seat through that period. I kind of wish I had have kept it up mm. at that age because I think that's the point where you can really develop. Yeah. Uh, and anyone who sees me swing will see that I was a top order batsman because I uh, have that typical uh, inside out golf swing that I haven't <laughs> been able to get since all those days of playing cricket. Um, but yeah, sort of moved along and it was sort of mid-20s where I, I guess I stopped playing much I'd play probably four or five times a year things yep. just got a lot busier and and then obviously at 27 moved to the UK for a few years mm-hmm. uh, I was saying to you earlier I wish I had have been playing golf now that I know how good the golf is in the UK and Europe and, and Scotland and Ireland and all those places I didn't swing a club once in the two years I was there uh, and I wish I had it but by the sounds you got to follow a few other a few of your other passions and and we've learned that uh, well I learned earlier on that one of those shared passions is the beautiful uh, Arsenal Football Club so yep. uh, we share each other's frustration in a football team, but you know, yep. go the Gunners. Come on, you Gunners. You. <laughs> so you didn't play any golf over there, which um, I guess in hindsight, as you said, it, it, but the future, I guess, you know, there's always that opportunity to go there. And we were just talking about some of the social media people that we follow, uh, No Laying Up being one of those guys, uh, groups of guys that are over there at the moment playing golf in Ireland. And yep. I guess you know, where I'm going is, you know, those guys are bringing so much to the game in exposing it to more and more people and giving more people an insight into what's out there in the game of golf. And I'm absolutely positive that, you know, it's responsible for what we see now, people coming into the game and, and growing in the game. And I guess yourselves at Future Golf, I put up there in that category. Of a, of a group of people that are trying to grow the game and doing a fantastic job at introducing the game to a wide range of people. So came back from the UK, you were fairly, fairly high up in the organisation or doing pretty well in what you were doing? Uh, I was an accountant. Yes. So I worked with a couple of companies when I got back from mm-hmm. the UK, worked at HSBC in the UK, which was a great job. Came back and worked in finance for maybe five years in, yes. in various different roles. Uh, and it was probably a year after I got back that I realised I, I was good at my job and it was a good job to have and it was flexible and, and I liked the people I worked with, but I realised there's got to be something out there a bit better than that for me, a bit more interesting mm-hmm. that I could get involved with. And that was when joining Gem Y Golf as it was back then as the 30th member to join right back in its infancy, seeing a, a simple ad on Facebook that, that Ali, our founder, had put out there was ideal for me Mm -hmm. Um, and it pretty quickly turned from I think I played two events Ali said how about we start a bit of a committee because we're now getting a few members Um, his original idea of starting a club with a dozen of his mates and having a beer and having access to golf courses had all of a sudden turned into something that was resonating with people Mm -hmm. as a way to meet people to get out and play golf um, a little bit more competitively get that handicap and a, and a few rounds with the partner courses we did have. So let's talk about Ali for a second. Yep. I, I've never met Ali. I think we're you know, friends on LinkedIn. Yep. But um, it's quite an enigma from what I believe and the, the little bit of research that I've done and yep. obviously created this great structure for you know the foundation of uh, Future Golf. How did, how did that happen for Ali? What, what, 
What, what was the story there? Well, Ali's it, very much a visionary kind of guy mm-hmm. and, and ideas, you know, um, test the norm. I guess it's that kind of entrepreneurial mindset mm-hmm. of, of see what's out there and look for opportunities. Yep. Um, used to work at Monash University in partnerships, so that's formed a large section of what we've done at Gen Y Golf and now Future Golf is form partnerships with people mm-hmm. with, you know, really beneficial um, ways of working together and helping each other out. Yep. And that was a large part of when we when Ali started Gen Y Golf. Um, but mostly for him it was connection and catching up with mates he hadn't seen for a long time. A really simple idea at the start was yep. I just want to help some mates. And I think he always had that that vision of starting something, yes. starting that business and getting something going to actually you know, fulfill those ambitions that he had. Uh, and then I think his story famously says that he was hung over one Sunday. Um, they'd had an event the week before with about 12 of them there, decided to build a quick website on Wix, put an ad up on Facebook, um, came up with a little bit of a concept and just threw it out there like you can do with these ideas yes. these days. Uh, and it was when Marcus Lancaster joined as the first non-friend group member at member number eight in the list. G'day, Marcus. Yeah. Hey, Marcus. How are you, mate? <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, I think Ali realised we've got someone. Yeah. Clearly, someone likes this. So another ad, better website, and then reaching out to a few you know, innovative golf clubs and saying, how about we form a partnership here? We'll bring you some events. Mm-hmm. We'll get some people to your golf course. You'll get good exposure through the ads and the promos that we run mm-hmm. in return for getting a guys a free round, free midweek round when the course isn't busy and, it, and you know, you're able to get out there and swing a golf club. Mm-hmm. And that worked really well. Immediately, people around the place, there's a few of our early members that are still members five years on from that first 30 members. Um, and I was member number 30 and I saw the same thing in it that that basically everyone else had. And from that, Ali's been able to see the future. He's really good at going, what have we got now? How do we then move to the next step? And he loves learning and reading and all those entrepreneurial things that you need to move forward in a space like like the space we're operating in. So why at the start was this group of 30 guys and girls? Um, what was it, Gen Y Golf? That was an idea to go to a group that essentially weren't really being catered for in the time in golf, mm-hmm. especially around what we offer that's different to a golf club. So flexibility, affordability, mm-hmm. uh, access to places you typically can't access and that community feel of playing with people in that same age group. Yeah. Um, I think that's they're the four main points that we looked at early on in the development of Gen Y Golf and that – I think the original idea was more university students because Ali had worked at Monash Uni and he saw that they had a lot of holidays and they had big groups of people that were already friends in the different colleges and classes that people had. Mm -hmm. But when it got put out, we realised it was people older than that. It was people who in their time in life couldn't afford large joining fees, couldn't afford the, you know, the membership fees when they were only playing 12 to 15 times a year, um, couldn't get access to certain courses, uh, didn't know where to start when they wanted to learn to play. We had a lot of guys playing that hadn't played 18 holes yet. Mm-hmm. But because they could see that most of what we were about was meeting at the end and having a beer, it worked. The first ad we had, I think, was a table at Southern Golf Club with a pot of beer on it. Come and have a hit with Gem Y Golf. Yeah. And it's one of the things that made us so successful was it honed in on a group of people 
that were in an open market that needed something. It was finding that niche that we could get into in those early days with Gem Y Golf. So it was as much about creating a, an environment for people to play golf as, as much as the social connection, you know. So it wasn't about come and be competitive and play competitive golf without having to join a golf club, but, yep. you know, come and be connected with like-minded people yep. and, and hang out with them. And, and, you know, golf was the conduit for creating your own social network. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, the competitive side's still there. We have a lot yeah. of good golfers. Absolutely. Um, and we have, you know, competitions, prizes, things people can aspire to a year-long tour. We always want to have that. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast this morning, uh, Ben Crenshaw and Bill Core with Eric Anders Lang, talking about how lots of people think to grow golf, the competition side isn't important. But as your ability gets better, you want to test yourself against the better players. Mm-hmm. And what golf does well with the handicap system that I don't think we share enough is that the handicap system creates a level playing field. So in our early days, you could play with someone who was single figures and someone who's 32, 36 handicap. We had a few guys start at 36 and they're on an even playing field for that comp and they get to go out and have a swing and really check their ability against other players but still have a fun time doing it. Um, And ultimately it was a way really, like you said, to get people connected to the game, to meet some other people and just play more. And that's always been our our idea. So then the evolution of Gen Y Golf into Future Golf. Yep. What did that part look like? Well, so if we go back to the start, I I remember when we got to about member 50, Ali saying, let's get a few of us together because we're going to need a bit of help Mm. to run this. It was was Ali Torayan and another guy, his mate James Wood, who started the – Gem Y Golf and were the two guys that did all the grunt work with handicaps and setting up the website and everything else and did an amazing job at setting the foundation. And then Marcus and I got involved running events and, and originally my main thing because I was an accountant was to do finances. Mm-hmm. Spend an hour a month, two hours a month doing this thing but it quickly became apparent that it was going to be something of passion for all of us. Mm-hmm. We absolutely love doing it and for probably the first well, it's only a year since I've been working in Future Golf as a as a job. So for the first four years, we were effectively volunteering hours upon hours every every week, yeah, right. building the club yep. and learning mm-hmm. and playing golf and getting to meet people in golf. The benefits were huge, but it mm-hmm. was never a vocation. It was basically out of pure passion for the, for game, the game and what we were actually delivering and, and what we were getting personally yep. from golf and meeting people and the range of benefits we got there. So we just really worked through it and, and learned so much about how to, to build the club, a business, a community, um, how to grow friendships, how to work on partnerships with, with clubs and things. And we got to um, early last year, so early 2018, we realised that there's a possibility we can turn this into something we can, we can work in mm-hmm. and really you know, go through that passion even harder. We had huge visions for where we could take it and realise that the way we were doing it, we were never going to get the capacity to yeah. to hit those heights that we wanted to hit. So we uh, decided to expand nationally. There'd been people from all the other four main states in Australia crying out to us for Gem Y Golf at the time to get out there and, and provide that flexibility for them. Because up until this point, it's... Predominantly Melbourne oriented. Only Victoria until about November 2017. Yeah, right. When we tested South Australia mm-hmm. as a market and it went incredibly well early over there. 
finding some partners using what had happened in Victoria to build that side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adelaide, the, the people over there were great. They got involved early, um, built a really good core group over there got to about March 2018 and we realised let's do this in all the states because that'll give us the opportunity to expand enough so then we can potentially come and work full-time in it. Mm-hmm. So I led the expansion into those other four states by hosting initial events and building up the community from the ground up like we had in Victoria yeah. as well. Um, we've been lucky enough to get in those four states fantastic representatives who like us in the early days were passionate about golf loved meeting people and loved that organizing of events and Mm -hmm. getting out there with people so they've been great um and it was yeah sort of may last year that we got to the point where ali and i both went full-time in it Mm -hmm. um, and really focused in on it uh and as the year built through things were building going really well and we got to about mid 2018 and We'd always had this nagging thing in the back of our minds and a lot of questions from people, I'm not Gen Y, do I fit? Yeah. So effectively what had built us up to be where we were was also restricting us in a number of ways. Mm. We weren't getting anybody who was slightly older. Mm. We weren't getting anybody at all who was younger. And in fact, we were probably missing out on people right in the middle of Gen Y because they didn't even know what age group Gen Y was. Like if I asked you now, you would have no idea really of what Gen Y is in terms of birth year or age? Well, what I did know would, was that I wasn't part of Gen Y. Um, Gen X, I can't tell you, I can't answer your question in terms of birth year. I know that it's younger than me. Yep. But you hit the nail on the head for me from a personal perspective, you know, watching Gen Y golf and being a golfer in, in the golf industry, that's exactly right. And, and I thought, oh, I'm too old to be part of this. Yeah. So, and that's okay. I was cool with that. Yeah, yeah. Because I was a member of a traditional club and I had my own outlet for golf. Yeah. So, you know, my ears pricked up when, um, you know, you rebranded and became Future Golf and I thought, oh, that's clever, you know, that this is the guys reaching out to potentially anyone. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and that's, that, that's yeah. been the main idea. We... Like you said earlier, we want to be one of the custodians of the game for yeah. future generations yeah. and try and find ways to get people to play and mm-hmm. introduce people to the game and yeah. find formats that people enjoy mm-hmm. and a flexible way to become addicted like we know you all do. You hit that one great shot and all of a sudden you want to be out there the next day swinging again. Yeah. Um, and that was that was the reason for future golf. We want it to be for future generations. We want to get younger people involved. We want more women playing golf. So our whole mantra is more people playing golf, more Mm. people supporting the golf industry, which is what we're very proud of doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like I said, just opening up that window. We've now got an eight-year-old member in New South Wales who joined up recently. Um, We've got a couple of guys, dads who are in their 70s who are members and come and play. So we're, we're now just open for everyone. And the idea behind the name is not you don't have to be from a future generation, you just have to want to play golf in a fun, relaxed environment. I love the, I love the name because it, it, you can translate it to however you, your, your vision is. But, you know, when I think about future golf and you, you just sort of touched on it there is, you know, you're, you're protecting it for the future. Yep. You know, you, you're growing the game for the future. Yep. Future generations. Yep. So uh, it's it's absolutely, uh, I think it's a, you've hit the, nail, hit the nail on the head with the, the name and the branding. It's fantastic. Yep. So members now, what sort of size are we talking about nationally? We're 2,000 plus nationally. It's ser- serious currency of people. Growing. Yeah, we, we believe we're the fastest growing club in Australia in terms of member numbers. Yep. Um, and I mean, 
it, it just continues to grow, reaching new people. We don't believe yet we've tapped a lot of audiences that we can get involved in golf. We've mm-hmm. recently run a future women promo. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to grow the game for women mm-hmm. that we don't feel the industry's done really well for the younger generation. And the industry, um, the industry acknowledges that. I yeah. Think. And it is a topic on any, you know, golf body, any, you know, golf organization, be it a club, be it a retail organization, or be it the industry bodies like Golf Australia or whoever, it's always, you know, one of the, you know, top two items on their yep. strategy list. Because everyone knows how big an opportunity yeah. it is. That That's where it is. It, it sits in this huge opportunity and there's so many benefits to golf mm. that I don't think the industry really knows how to, to get to and it's across the board. Um, so if, you know, you're a, one of your future golf members that's a, a male listening to this podcast and I hope you do listen to it, thank you very much for listening if you are, and you want to play this to, um, you know, your partner about why they might want to join you on the golf course, what would future golf's take be on the benefits of girls playing golf, like more, more women playing golf? Why? I mean, a lot of them are exactly the same as why it's great for men and, and mm-hmm. males to play golf. Yeah. I mean, and we hear from people all the time and it's probably a lot of things that I didn't realise before I started working in golf and having a community of people to talk to, the actual benefits it has for for health is one of the key ones that I think people think, oh, you're just walking, you're not running, you're, you're just swinging a golf club. Um, but the health benefits of walking sometimes up to 12Ks while you're playing a game of golf, depending how crisscross on the fairways you go, mm-hmm. are amazing. The connection that people have found through our our platform, we've had a number of members say that, you know, they didn't have anyone to play with. They were lonely. They were looking for people to hang out with who've now met large core groups of friends through yep. a platform like ours, uh, which obviously helps mental health, you know, a great deal for those people. Mm-hmm. So it's really that connection, health and fitness, getting out there playing, playing, having something else outside of everybody being busy these days. Mm-hmm. You hear it from everybody saying yep. life is busy, life's flat out. I love getting on the golf course and while I'll have my phone on me taking a few videos and photos, I really try and disconnect from all the noise that's going on in life because we're all connected to emails and social media and things all the time. Um, So it's nice to get out in nature and and walk around. Um, And I say, you know, it it gives you another pursuit, another, if you're a competitive person or someone who likes to improve in your life, golf is something you're always improving. I've played since I was eight Mm. and I am always looking for the next way to improve as Mm. we all do. Um, So there's also that sort of targeted way you can, you can really put your energies into something and and enjoy that too. It's a great family game. You know, I go back to my, you know, journey as a golfer and it was very traditional. You know, my dad played golf. My mum would, you know, bless her, she's not with us anymore, but, uh, my mum would chip my dad about going to golf and spending so much time at golf. And then I started playing, my brother started playing and it was like, well, if I can't beat them, I've got to, I'll, I'll join them. Yeah. And it was one of the happiest uh, memories of my, my life, seeing my mum, you know, play golf at the club and be involved in the club. And it was just such a positive uh, thing for us to be part of a family that we're, we're a group of golfers. Yep. And I'm lucky enough to be able to talk to um everyone about golf uh, in my business but when I when I get the young ladies coming in or you know any lady coming in talking to me about golf and you know their reservations are usually about 
ability or people watching or not being good enough. And, you know, my number one go-to is just to take it and diffuse any level of worry about that because I know and I very much um, promote that there is an avenue for anyone to come in and play golf. And, you know, that's why I wanted to sort of drill down on this a little bit because, you know, from what I can see that, you know, you guys are doing with the, um, your offer to, to, to lady golfers, there's an avenue there for you. Yep. So, yeah, it's perfect. And that's what we're trying to build out. And it, it was funny, Ali referenced a, an article he, he read the other week where golf, when it started in the States back post-war, was all about getting families on golf courses yeah. and playing together. So it was never originally designed to be this country club exclusive membership deal. You would go out as a family and play. You mm-hmm. would have a clubhouse to go back and connect and somewhere along the line it became the current model that it is now. But golf was always that great connector of families and that's another one of those benefits of getting women to play golf is you would hope then that families become more involved. It's going to help overall participation in the game and enjoying it. And and you're right, happy memories are from things like that, getting everybody together on on the course. And it's... It's one of the sports where anybody of any ability can play and you hit the nail on the head before. One of the key things to getting women, kids and anybody playing golf is removing that intimidation factor. And one of the key things we've developed is our starter membership to give people a way and we're going to continue to build on that to actually learn the fundamentals so it doesn't go from I have a hit and a giggle at the driving range or at Top Golf or one of these amazing facilities mm-hmm. where I get a bit of a bug. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from there? At yeah. the moment, there's kind of this big gap of yeah. I'm barrier. intimidated yeah. to go to a lesson. Yeah. I don't know where to go for this or that. We're hoping that our program with, you know, a free introductory lesson, some online tutorials about how to grip the club, how to swing the club, um, some programs to go out and play three holes where someone walks around with you and and shows you the ropes so that you can be confident there's a whole range of things that we want to bring in with a bunch of partners we have mm-hmm. and we've seen a range of golf clubs and golf facilities doing great things for this mm-hmm. and seeing good numbers at clinics, trying different things to get people into golf. I think the whole industry is starting to move more towards actually thinking about how to do it rather yeah. than saying come and we'll just bomb some drives off the driving range yeah. and then go play 18 holes tomorrow. Yeah. They've realised that that simply doesn't work for most people. And if you don't have someone like your dad or a family member or someone who's willing to take you out and invest the time, there's got to be another way to get people to want to play golf. So those courses that are, you know, being what I would consider forward thinking. Yep. Um, and let's be confident that there are more and more will join that um, uh, band. Yep. What are their, you know, when you just sit down with them and talk about this vision, yep. what, are, what, what are they coming back to you with? What are they talking about? Well, they're, they're in the same boat as us. They want more people playing golf, uh-huh. securing their facility's future in a lot of cases yeah. um, and trying to find a way into a market that's, like we said earlier, hard to get into mm. um, with the younger crowd. And, and we've managed to do that by having things like the flexibility and innovation and a flexible model and good benefits for good value to get people into it. And then our thing has always been to partner with those forward-thinking clubs and there's been a number of them even over the whole five years, we're nearly at five years now, that have been with us the whole time and are seeing the benefit of people playing not only in our events 
but going out and playing when the course is quiet, mm. getting involved in playing there. Um, and in a lot of cases, we've, we have them join those clubs in the long run. Yeah, like I, was going, I was going to ask that. Do you have a handle on how many people have come in via, you know, Gen Y slash Future Golf model and then taken up a membership? Yeah, so we're, we're 700 plus out of probably, uh, we're probably about 3,500 that have been through the, the Gen Y Golf, Future Golf model as members. So 700 people have then gone, have on, to gone on to become members at golf clubs. So if you're a general manager of a golf club listening to this and you aren't, you know, thinking about joining a group of guys like Future Golf, it's crazy. Why wouldn't you? you know, yeah. Because it's just an absolute lay down misere of opportunity to talk to people who might want to join your club. And, you know, I get the sense that that's okay with you guys. If yeah. someone joins Future Golf and then they end up – and I'll, I'll probably guess that you probably don't lose them from Future Golf maybe. If they join a club, you probably still got them because of yeah. – all of the other connections that they've made. Yeah, if, if that person becomes a complete addict in reality with our model, yeah. it's better to go and join a club, yeah. get some connection at a club, yeah. and then use Future Golf as your variety, your community, and a bunch of different people to mm. to play with. I mean, people will move on when they've joined a club yep. if they're fully connected there. Mm -hmm. But generally they're saying, thank you to Future Golf, you have stepped us through the pathway of when I've begun mm. to now be a member. We're sitting here at Peninsula Kingswood now and I'm hoping Alfie doesn't mind me mentioning him and I'll highlight him when I, uh, when I share the podcast. But he joined us about three and a half years ago mm -hmm. as a beginner, played with his um, girlfriend's father and, and um, her brother a lot. Was a complete beginner, came to me saying, I really want to play more golf, not sure how to do it. I worked really closely with him to do that. We went for a round at Yarra Bend where we played together before he joined. He eventually joined, got his handicap from... 30s down to I think it was about 15 with us at Future Golf so huge improvement really loved playing in our events meeting people he then got a job at Patterson River in golf because he fell in love with it and had never been involved in that mm -hmm. and he's now a member here at Peninsula Kingswood one of Melbourne's top golf courses still works at Patterson River and loves the game and it's those stories that I absolutely love absolutely through the model and yeah. So through his journey, you can you can look at how that's gone through the golf industry. So he's yeah. joined us, got his handicap, developed how to play through the events he plays with us at our partner courses. People are paying a green fee to play, which we then pay to the courses. So there's that input to the industry. Yeah. And then the fact that he's now a member here and could be a member here for the next 25 years if he remains local is mm -hmm. huge value to the club here mm -hmm. and to the golf industry as a whole. And that's what we're, we're bringing through this model is introducing people. And we believe with the way we've now got it with our different membership levels, our different offerings, that we can step even more people through that program as we evolve and we get more to that level of the beginner and that beginner to addict pathway, which is what we've called it, yeah, right. will happen even more because we're still finding that generally people who come to us play some golf They'll play with their mates on a weekend. They're looking to get a handicap and play some rounds and play some events and then channel through. Yeah. There's a, as you know, there's a huge opportunity at that level where yeah. people have only ever been to a driving range. Look at Top Golf. Yeah. Hundred thousand people a, a week or whatever the numbers are that go through the Top Golf on the Goldie, yeah. and ninety percent don't have never swung a club. That's a huge opportunity right there. And I, I, I see that in a in. Um a different way, you know. I, I've not been to Top Golf, and I, I see it all around the world. But I, I, I see my version of that when people come in and play 
you know, at my facility with yep. full swing golf simulators that people have never, we get people on a daily basis that have never really swung a golf club. Yeah. And um, it's a really cool environment for them to come and learn. So, you know, they've now got a stepping stone, um, you know, X golf, big swing golf, top golf, you know, there are plenty of avenues for people to jump in. Yep. But it's, it's great to know that they've got, you know, a pathway. Yep. Um, What's your thoughts on other social clubs? You know, like you're not really a social. Are you not really a social club? But you are a social club. Like yeah, well, I guess I model. guess yeah. we are. We don't have our own course and facility yeah. that we we have through the club, and it's through our partnerships that we yeah. have those those agreements and events. Because um, I know guys from my business that are you know have their own social club, which are also members of Gen Y slash Future Golf. Yep. And, uh, you know, Dean Sindoni, Dean, if you're listening, do you know Dean? Dino, Dino? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I saw him the other day. He's been a great, great member. So yeah. he runs a, a very successful little social club amongst his uh, network, but there's a group of guys that are members of two social clubs. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Because they're just doubling down on their opportunities to play golf at different courses and different times with different people. Absolutely. And people will say, mm. but why don't these guys join clubs like – Effectively, by having social clubs, you're removing the need for people to have to join a, a bricks and mortar golf club. Yeah. But these guys are going out every week to different facilities, spreading their golfing spend mm. across a whole range of facilities and a range of ways of playing golf that has the same effect in the long run to bringing them into the industry. Yeah. And, and Dean's a club member as well. So yeah, he's correct. a member out yeah. of Coringle Golf Club. Yeah. So he's in three different ways, he's supporting three different groups of of golfers and he's playing the game a lot. Ultimately that's with future golf. We try and find a way to get people to play mm. and play a lot of golf and yeah. enjoy it and get them to be that addict that wants to be on the course all the time. I didn't know you had, you know, your pathway, you know, if that's an internal thing or if it's marketed, I haven't picked it up if it is a marketing term that you use, but I'm glad to hear someone else prefer to golf golfers as addicts. Cause that's how I refer to myself sometimes when, I, yeah. when people ask me about my story and I, I say, you know, I be, once I became addicted to golf again, yeah. you know, I had to make it my purpose to, uh, you know, become part of the golf industry and, you know, now trying to share stories about golf. So I'm a golf addict. Yeah. Which is, which is great. I'm, I'm exactly the same and that, you know, there's so much passion for what we both do and you can see it in the way we talk about it. That's uh, the more people we can get thinking the same way, is great. So when you join Future Golf, number of different membership opportunities. Yep. What are some of the benefits? You know, what value does your membership bring? And I, I, there's a number of categories that you can join. Yep. Someone wants to go all in. Yep. What are they getting? If they're playing a lot of golf, the top level membership we have, and it's mostly focused in Victoria at the moment because mm-hmm. this is where we've been for the full five years, having only been about a year interstate is our addict membership where you get effectively a free round at all of our partner courses, which is 30 at the moment in Victoria. Mm-hmm. So they would get one free round for that membership year at each one of those partner courses. You're also getting your official handicap, an Under Armour polo, some discounts at those golf courses if you wanted to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to run an addict only event towards the end of the year for those people. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a, a huge range of benefits and that's $7.99 a year or 80 bucks a month. Um, And four of those courses are what we call our prestige partners. So Mm -hmm. that's Yarra Yarra, Spring Valley, Woodlands and Eastern Golf Club Mm -hmm. who've all had, I would say, probably more than half a dozen, some up to a dozen members of Gen Y Golf and Future Golf join them as members. So they see the huge benefit in 
connecting with a community like us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, the addict membership and we're finding a lot of people are realising what good value that is. To, um, just say again, how many rounds a month, uh, sorry, how many rounds do you get as part of your membership for your 80 bucks a month? 30 rounds for the year. That you don't have to pay for? No. Outside of your membership? Correct. 30 rounds for 80 bucks a month? Yes. That's just an... It's near. It's, and, it's a and no-brainer. If, if we were to add a few more partners, you'd effectively be getting two free rounds a month for eighty bucks. So, like and, so, and like Yarra Yarra in itself, Woodlands, Spring Valley, and Eastern are almost worth the membership in itself, yeah. and you get another twenty-six rounds. So it's exactly at the moment, it's what you call a no-brainer, yeah. and and we're trying to get that message out to people that this membership is a no-brainer if you play a lot of golf. Yeah. And the, and the idea is people will say, oh, they're, but then they're not going to join a club. But these guys are playing a lot of golf yeah. that join that. They're playing at times, and this is how it works for their partners, they play at times that the course isn't busy. Mm-hmm. So they're not taking away from a member of yeah. whatever course that happens to be to play on those days. Mm-hmm. And it's just getting more people playing and, and really becoming that addict that we talk of. So your events that you have, traditionally one of those, they're, they're Sunday events? Mostly Sundays, yeah. yeah. We've done the odd Saturday, but it's hard to get on courses, Saturdays yeah. being the core member day. Yeah. So mostly Sundays, we try and run them in the AM. Sometimes they're in the PM just because they're still member comps on Sunday mornings yeah. and they're fully organised competition rounds, mostly Stableford. People love playing the 18-hole Stableford to put it in for the handicap, but we will run the odd Ambrose team event and you facilitate um, the ga handicaps you all we do the handicaps yeah. they get a uh, individually printed scorecard with their handicaps and holes and all that we run nearest the pins approaches long drives um we've got vouchers for the winners so there's a range of, of things they get on that day this sunday we've actually got a cool event at portsey we're supporting the breast cancer network association so the pink lady yeah. day that they have at the mcg that's mm-hmm. a, a charity day we're running where all proceeds go to BCNA, um, we've been doing a lot of promotion through our channels. We're working with Movember and a range of other charities as well. So just trying to to get across those health message, messages to our big community also. So what are some of the other benefits that membership brings you for Gen Y? So we're partnered with X-Golf. Yep. So indoor simulators, you get a 30-minute swing assessment, basically mm-hmm. free with your membership. So you can go and see a pro at a number of those locations and get them to have a look at how your swing's going. They'll give you some tips and then yep. look to where you go in the future. And that's across all four membership levels. Yep. So the starter is the one I was speaking of earlier where someone who has never had a lesson and has perhaps been to a range, got a bit of an inkling they want to try, they can go and see that pro for that 30-minute swing assessment who'll set them up. Yep. Um, we're looking at partnering with driving ranges and mini golf to get you know a free bucket of balls, a game of mini golf included, yep. which introduces people to facilities they can then go and develop at. Um, X Golf has some simulator sessions included for yep. some of the membership levels. There's a future golf shirt. Um, I can submit unlimited social rounds. So if you and I go play today, mm-hmm. we can complete the card under Stableford under traditional golf rules and with a daily handicap and submit that through our website to Golf Link. So people can track their progress as they go through. 18 and 9 holes or can you... You can do both, do 9 both, holes yeah. as well, which is great yeah. given that many people are playing 9 holes. I'm one of those people who loves a 9 hole hit as much as an 18 hole hit when I've got the time because sometimes, you know, the four and a half, five hours is a bit of a struggle to, well, that, to get out for. That handicapping um, ability to handicap on 9 holes changed, oh, what, a year ago, two years ago. Yep. But it's, I still find it frustrating that some courses won't 
handicap you on nine hole social rounds unless it's in a designated club comp. So once again, that's another great thing that you're doing, which is just yep. taking down any barrier for someone to want to do and achieve their golfing goals. You know, yeah. like everyone wants to, I think everyone that goes and plays golf, you know, wants to improve at some level and shoot better scores, whether you shoot a hundred for nine holes or 34 for nine holes, you know, your goal is to always want to be better Yeah, as well yep. as, you know, having the exercise and whatever, but to be able to hand your nine hole card in and have that mean something is, is fabulous. Yep. Um, what was I going to say? So you can find all of this information clearly on your website, which yep. is? www.futuregolf.com.au and all over our socials. We've got plenty of information there. So who are um, – so we talked about Marcus. Yep. So Marcus's role in Future Golf? He's doing a lot more marketing yep. side of things now for yep. sort of – like I said, about three years it was Ali, myself and Marcus – uh, James Wood at the start. Mm -hmm. But in terms of events, Marcus drove our events. He did an amazing job. He'd be there week after week, meeting members, setting them up. He was the main driver behind what set up the community here mm -hmm. in Victoria that mm -hmm. gave us that base. Uh, he's amazing at Golf Connection. You played with him last week. He's a terrific fella, really good at speaking to people, a good golfer himself. Yeah. So he's still involved, still comes to events, but he does a lot of what you'll see on Instagram with our yeah. marketing. He's got his own page that he does a lot of stuff on. Um, so he's doing a lot more of that, organising trips and things as well. So a bit of a break from that event side. We've then got um, three great guys here in Victoria who for a couple of years have been doing a lot of the events for us who came on. So Jared Wallace, Adam Wallace, two brothers, do a phenomenal job as well. Just mm -hmm. super passionate, um, up at sort of 10 o'clock at night after the day job, getting an event ready for the weekend. Another uh, called Pete Evans, who he's been fantastic as well, getting involved in that event side. Mm -hmm. uh, and then interstate, we've got probably four or five in each team in our interstate teams. So WA, we got Richard, uh, Ben in South Australia, Riley in Queensland and um, Graham and Scott in New South Wales who have all come on and they all do this outside their day gigs mm. just through passion and, and the love of the game and, and happy to get out to events and run them and greet people and set them up so you know we've been blessed by meeting just such great people and and having their passion shine through in what they do for us it's it's great that there are people in the world that are prepared to give their time uh to a cause like um any cause and every good sporting club that you you know have ever been around has always got people like Absolutely. that and you know we're just lucky that we've got people like that to jump on the way on the bandwagon and, and um, take a good thing and you know help it for the goodness of you know their own personal development and growth but the goodness of the game yeah so to you guys that are listening hopefully uh, you know you, you all listen to this and share the podcast thank you very much for doing so my hat goes off to you because you know you're helping a lot of people and you're helping businesses like this you're helping you know people like me and what I do in my business and uh, it's a great credit to you so if you're ever in Melbourne come and look me up and I'll uh, I'll look after you one way shape or form don't worry <laughs> and that, and that's uh, you know with golf like we speak of one of the greatest benefits is just meeting people yeah. like I knew no one in golf effectively when I started this like mm. and now I've got you know hundreds of contacts and they're yeah. some fantastic people that work in this game that have share that same passion for growth and development whether you're a pro teaching whether you're selling golf equipment whether you're helping people with their beginner set like you guys would whether they're you're out on course in the pro shop helping someone get their tea time no matter what role you have 
there's a lot of passionate people out there and, it, and it's great to work with so many of them. It's a small, it's a small world, you know, in the degrees of separation um, is so close sometimes, you know. So we mentioned the Mitchell Driver podcast that you yep. listen to. Yep. So Mitchell, who I, um, you know, connected through his work and through Twitter. So we did that podcast. And anyway, the other day I was talking to another guest of, a pod, of my podcast, Daniel Marshall, who is someone that I'd known for a while and we did a podcast to help him with his two underbrand. He was talking about the Mitchell Driver podcast and I mentioned that Mitchell worked at TPC Potomac. And Daniel says, oh, my mate's the superintendent at TPC Potomac, Steve wow. Britton. Yeah. He's ex-Royal Melbourne. So I reached out to Steve and said, g'day, Steve. I'm mates with Mitchell Driver and Daniel Marshall. Listen to the podcast. And he, it was just we all just got blown away with that little level of connection that just came about and we didn't know each other. Yeah. And that's the great thing about golf. Yeah, absolutely. And you find it with social media and stuff as well. Like I've started my own page just to get, which you is, know, some content out there, which I love, which is just future golfer. So sharing my journey in golf and mm-hmm. I'm looking later in the year to try and improve my game. So get some lessons and practice and mm-hmm. I'm going to go through how I work through that to try and improve because mm-hmm. God knows my swing needs a lot of work. Um, but yeah, through that page, I was talking just the other day. I, I followed up Eric, Eric Anders Lang's podcast with David Maricelli, I think his name was. Mm-hmm. Works for Jack Nicholas Golf. Yep. I just said, great pod, awesome to hear your story. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm ever in the States, I'll you know look you up and we'll have a hit. And he wrote back straight away and said, sure, I love what you guys are doing as well. Another guy in Germany who's played in 15 countries, played 300 odd courses around the place wrote me a message and we had a conversation. I love the connection you can get with people all over the place and that's it's, where you find those, those I, amazing I'm a, stories. I myself will get the benefit out of that in September when I'm in Scotland this year and uh, there's a couple of guys that have reached out to me and I've reached out to them and you know, we'll, we'll end up playing golf together. I just and, love that, yeah. And I'm not averse to turning up and playing with anyone. So, you know, to have someone that will reach out and invite you is, is perfect. And I'd do the same here. Yeah. You know, if anyone wanted to come and play a game with me here or any of the other courses that, you know, I can, um, you know, help play at, you know, Mornington or here, no problems. Yeah. As long as the timing the timing lines up, um, mate, all for it. Yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned Eric Anders Lang. Great job that he's doing. He's come up in, uh, seems to be a common theme that most of the guys that I talk to, you know, are following Eric's journey. Absolutely amazing. No laying up. You know, those guys are in Ireland with Tom Coyne. I don't know if you know Tom Coyne's story. He walked around Ireland playing every oh, golf wow. course in Ireland and wrote a book about it. He's, he's, he's written two books. Um, he's written a uh, Paper Tiger, which was about his journey to become um, a pro. Yep. So he, he documented that. Uh, a course called Ireland. So he basically walked the circumference That's of Ireland. Brilliant playing all of these golf courses. So he's now back there with the no laying up guys playing. I think yesterday they were at Khan and um, he's documented that, that that was one of his favourite golf courses of all time. Yeah, okay. The biggest sand dunes. He's also done a course called Scotland yep. and he's just about to embark on a course called America. So he, if you follow Tom Coyne. I'll have to, um, have, to have to look that one up. He's, pl- he's plotted out, you know, 100 or so courses around America that he will go and play at and then document that journey. So, yeah, wow. Um, what's... The role, you know, social media, you know, where do you, you know, there's a bit of random sort of interjection there, but 
you know, how, what sort of traction do you guys get through social media? We've effectively grown via social media. Yeah. Like uh, I think anybody who listens to this will have seen us at some point on Facebook. Yeah. Something like probably 20 million impressions across Facebook to different people. We've probably had 5 million people see some sort of Facebook content from us. Yeah. That's what's grown us to where we are and why it connected so well with Gen Y golf at the time that age group coming through that were more on their phones and devices and the internet mm. really connected with that and saw it and now i see it as a way of it's the easiest way to open up and share what you what you're about what you believe in what you are mm. uh, a lot of people still approach us saying how does future golf work what is it what's involved and i think social media plays a key role in in telling that story and we're looking to do a lot more of that hence why starting our own personal accounts where we can talk about how we learn and develop in the game and where we play and i'm yeah. i'm going to love sharing a few holes and a few bad swings out here today to just show that it's it's about getting out on a beautiful piece of land no matter yeah. where you are swinging a club doesn't matter how well you hit it have a laugh um and it just allows people to be opened up to that environment and really see what it's all about and we'll, we'll continue to push hard through social media because because of that connection people have with it can people still enter the tailor-made competition finished finished yes we drew a winner drew a I winner who was, who was the winner let's can we announce it or it's not announced can't yet. recall his name okay. we did we did send him an email yesterday surprisingly we haven't heard back from him yet to get the uh m6 sent out but he get he wins an M6 and an addict membership. So effectively that is about a $4,000 value prize, we estimate. So that's a huge prize and it's been a great promo for us. The guys at TaylorMade are, are awesome. Aaron and Dan and the guys down there been great supporters through yep. that promo. Um, I didn't re I didn't realise that it, it was finished, but that's where I was going. I was trying to open up the, uh, <laughs> the, the partnership with TaylorMade, who yep. are a great brand and... Uh, you know, as down there, forward-thinking marketer. Um, so it's great to see that brand partner with you guys. Yep. You know, it's obviously shared vision. Yeah, and exactly. going in the right exactly. direction. And it's the same with Under Armour. We partnered with them yep. when we were relaunching the website and the brand of Future Golf purely for that reason as well, yep. forward-thinking with guys like Jordan Spieth and Steph Curry in the States and yep. a nice new brand that were coming here. Yep. Um, and we've loved their gear so far. So it's been... Uh, been good to get that out. We got about 750 Future Golf Under Armour shirts out on members at the moment, so yeah, it's right. nice to see it being represented around the place as well. Fantastic, yeah. So, mate, any other things that uh, we can talk about? Any questions for me, or is there any anything else you want to sort of? I think we've covered most of. Or hopefully, yeah, we've covered most of uh, the Future Golf story, and yeah, I, I think we've covered the majority of it. I mean, the the main thing to to point out is is our vision is growing the game of golf and yes. always has been mm. um and that will always be the core to what we deliver and if people out there want a flexible and innovative way to play but even more above that our memberships have insane value so it's a low entry point for a ridiculous amount of golfing value if you're playing a lot or you're getting into the game you'll find a way at some you know some point in our pathway as i said to join in and get involved but the key things that we always try and say is that the main benefit really is that community and connection with people. We have, like I said, over 2,000 members around the nation. We've got a good spread in all of the states. We run a Facebook group that in Victoria alone has over 1,200 golfers in it who are organising over Easter weekend. There had to be 40 rounds in Victoria organised through there where a friend, where someone would go, who wants to play Saturday in the morning? 
I'm free, I've got no one to play with, within 20 minutes three people have joined them. And in some cases they end up booking three or four groups to go out and have a hit. Yeah. So it's the connection and community that people can get from it that I think is the hardest thing to also display to people. Get in, meet some great people. It's a fun, relaxed way to play. Come and have some fun. And like you said, you can even, if you're an avid golfer and you play at a club and you're a member at a club, come use us for some variety. Come yeah. play some different courses. We've now got access to to most of the great courses in Melbourne and, and in the other states as well. We've got really good access to good courses. So well, it's been it's been great for me to follow the journey and, you know, really nice to make this connection, be, you know, because I'm – just like you, I just want to help grow the game and this has been a great discussion to help share that and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for having me and appreciate what you're doing as well through this medium of, of podcast. It's it's great to just be able to have a chat and everything you're bringing to golf through what you do uh, and Thank being you. open about it is great. Um, just an honest man with an honest podcast. Absolutely. A couple of microphones and a recorder. Uh, best thing about podcasts is Share, just getting out there and having a chat. Sharing sharing some words and mo- hopefully mostly they make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and prior today we hadn't even met, so it's great no, to actually, exactly. you know, meet meet great people that are yeah. just wanting to do similar things for the for the industry and I hope uh, hope we can get back together on another mm-hmm. podcast in the future and discuss uh discuss some other golfing stories and and journeys exactly right well i'll uh, always have a golfing story uh, to tell and happy to happy to share that at any stage but uh absolutely ryan thanks again mate let's get out there and uh get on this golf course the rain looks like it's cleared up so it's going to be perfect for us let's go and see that um swing of yours (laughs) i'll get some video for you and share away okay mate appreciate it thank you thanks ross cheers mate